Thrones. Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. Uh, and we are getting balls deep in Season 3 now. We're on to Episode 3, Walk of Punishment. Yeah, um, I I didn't... I remembered bits of this episode um, uh, from, from when I first watched it. Um, and I was, try, I was trying for the life of me to remember where the, the name came from. So I was like, yeah, I'm in late this year, you get the Walk of Shame. Yes. Um, yeah. And I was, I was trying to work out if it was something to do with that. And obviously it's it's name-checked in the episode, so you know, it, it comes up pretty quickly. But I didn't remember this that particular sequence at all or this, this particular element of the, of the story. So it was uh, quite nice to go back to it and see something, something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, bits of this episode. But again, just like with some of the stuff we had last season, I didn't know that this is where they were. And just like some yeah. of the stuff we were talking about last week, I didn't realize that some of the things that happen in this episode happened uh, as, as early as they did then. Yeah. Um, but to get, you know, straight into it, I mean, I don't know what we're expecting from this episode, but it has been directed by the ball bag himself. Yeah, and no, I, I saw that last week when, when I was um, reading ahead. I saw that and I thought, oh, fuck, this doesn't bode well. Um, the fact that the Wonder Twins have done, this, done the, uh, the writing... And then he's actually directed it as well. It's David Schwimmer syndrome where I'm thinking, this is going to be fucking awful. This is just going to be, you know, self-indulgent twaddle. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see how he fares as we go through, I guess, then. But yeah, yeah that did not fill me with <laughs> hope, to be honest. No. Uh, and then nor did the fact that we had a ridiculous, needlessly showy opening kind of track um with with this funeral e either where we're just kind of i i don't know why have we got this it looks like it's probably done on a, on some sort of rig but why yeah. have we got this pointless track around everybody and then the whole gag with the the missing of the arrow and now, the gag i like the gag served a purpose um because obviously they've got to set um edmure up as being a cunt because later on in this season he's going to prove entirely fucking useless um to the detriment of the entire war effort. So, I mean, setting him up now or introducing him as being this absolutely inept fucking bumbling moron is quite important. And it's it's, it's an easy way of doing it, having him miss the, uh, the miss the shot where he's, he's trying to um, set the, the, the boat on fire and do the old Viking funeral for his, uh, for his father. Um, I quite liked that. It was a nice touch um, and it, it, it did well to set the character up. But I mean, the, the shot itself was fucking annoying. Um, as you said, just needlessly showy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's so style of substance. And I think there's oh, a lot definitely of, is. There's yeah. a lot of that in this episode, I think. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those. But I quite like the whole thing with the blackfish as well. He just takes the bow off him, shoot, no, shoots it, and then turns around. He doesn't even look because he knows he's hit it. He just turns around, slaps the uh, the bow back into Edmure's chest, and walks off. And that in itself, as a sequence, I quite liked. Um, but I say the, the the shooting of it was a bit frivolous. Um, but all in all, I didn't mind it. And I, I remember then think the thing at the end of the scene. Fuck it! I wasn't going to like this episode. I wasn't going to like anything in it because Dickhead fucking directed it, and I found myself almost chastising myself for for appreciating some of it. Um, there were a few scenes like that for me yeah. in this episode. This this wasn't one of them. I just found it entirely pointless. It was funny, um, entirely pointless though. And and I don't recognize the inept character at all, let alone remember what he has to add to the end of the season. So I'm sure I'll work that out when we yeah. get there. Um. But yeah, uh, did did nothing for me other than kill some screen time, um, and it was yeah. uh, the fact that it was needlessly showy then annoyed me. So yeah, 
I don't know, didn't work for me, but maybe I'll eat my words when, when we get when we get into the season a bit. Maybe. Um, I mean, I, I quite liked as well. You introduced, um, so the first time we've seen Blackfish, um, and he's not, yeah. he's not overly significant. He, he doesn't have a massive role to play in any of the sort of major arcs, but he does pop up time and time again, and just his presence causes problems for other people. Um, so it's quite, it's quite a nice introduction to him as well, I thought. Um, this this episode in general, not this not that particular scene. Again, um, don't remember him to the point where when he showed up, I was just like, this this scene just seems like it's two entirely pointless characters that we've not really yet seen having a pissing contest, and I don't get it. But yeah, it'll it'll pay off. It, it, I'm, yeah, maybe it will. Maybe it will. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. So the the opening annoyed me for, straight off the bat. Um, and then we get this scene with Rob, which is which is good. The scene is really good. Yes. Um, until the end, when they screw the pooch entirely. Like, the, the scene is good. Rob's establishing dominance and everything. He's doing it very well. Um, again, coming across like a good read, um, a good leader. But then we get right to the end, and we get this line of, you know who isn't? Tywin Lannister. Oh, I know. That really Cut. fucked me off. And, I mean, the, the, the scene itself, the whole thing of, again, Ed Moore fucking up, Going against the plan and then being told like a scolded child, you fucked up and you have you you've not only did you fuck up, you, but you lost two hundred eight men or whatever it was, and if you just waited another day like you were fucking told, you petulant little brat, you'd know why that no why the plan was the plan, and yeah. now you fucked it up, and now I'm have to explain to you how badly you were fucked up, you stupid little boy. Yeah, that was all great. That was all brilliant, great. and it's it's the first. I mean, we've seen Rob sort of growing into this sort of leadership role through the, sort of the last sort of season and a half, um, and he's every, every time he has to make a difficult decision, every time he, he's he's challenged, he he just sort of grows that a little bit more, and he just sort of just establishes himself a little bit more. And this was really good. And then, as you say, you get this really fucking stupid, pointless throwaway line, which says, "Guess where we go next, folks." horrible and it just goes to show the inexperience of ball bag as a storyteller and a director let alone the two of them as writers but hey come on we know what they're like with that but then you know in complete contrast to that we get the next scene which is a it's a small council scene of all things which are usually horrendous but i mean i've I've broken it down here into into two notes like cersei moving her chair was great yes Tyrion dragging his yeah. was fucking hilarious. And I've but actually written in big there. capital letters, good writing, shock. Yeah. <laughs> Probably stolen from the book, to be honest. Um, Must but, be. I mean, I, even before that, the, you, you, you start off and say, well, we've had this really horrible cut from Rob to Tywin. Um, but then they all come in together. So you've got um, Pycelle, Littlefinger and Varys all come in together. And they stop at the edge of the table because no, I don't know. I think I don't know whether they've had a small council meeting since Tywin's taken over his hand. But they come in and they, it's like they're all really nervous. It's like they're appearing before the headmaster for the first time. And he just glares at them as if to say, what the fuck are you bitches doing? Why have you yeah. stopped in the door? Get in here, sit the fuck down so we can get on with this and I can fuck off. And they none of them know what to do. And it's beautiful because it's so beautifully awkward. And then Cersei comes in, and she again, she just as she always does, she exudes confidence. She's like, "I'm not sitting with you, fucking morons. I'm going over there next to my father because that's where the power base is." Yeah. And Tyrion sees this, knows that he he could drag his chair right over and sit on his fucking lap. He would not be welcome. So he just drags it up to the opposite end of the table so he can look Tywin dead in the eye 
and go, yes, I'm still fucking here, deal with it. Um, but the whole thing of scraping the chair on the floor because he can't lift it up and shit like that, I thought was absolutely brilliant. I, I almost pissed myself. It was that it, funny. Fucking excellent. Superb writing. Speaks volumes about both characters without them having to say a word. Well, that was it. All of this was before a single word had been added yeah. in the scene. Ex- it's excellently performed. It's well directed. It's well blocked. Like, it, what the fuck is going on? Did he hit his head? I think AD must have done it. Yeah, um, so that's all good. And and even the scene itself, look, it is... I hate small council scenes, okay? But this one is necessary. We get necessary information, but it is very, very wordy and long. Like, we could have got all of the information in a couple of lines, but yeah. instead everybody has to say their piece and we have to talk around in circles because they think they're being clever. So, yes. you know... But that's what small council scenes are. So I accept that. And for what it is, I think it's actually a very well put together scene. It it is. The only thing that confused me was they were talking about um, somebody being... um, uh, The fact that um, Bruce Bolton is is holding the fort at Harrenhal, so he's effectively the Lord of Harrenhal. And then they start talking about Lord of Harrenhal wedding um, uh, Lissa Tully. Because obviously Baelish is Lord uh, Littlefinger's Lord, uh, Lord of Harrenhal. Like, Hang on, how many fucking lords has this place got? And it took me half a second to just realise that they were talking about him, because they you know they're going by title. He's never referred to by his title, so it just confused the living shit out of me. Because it was over that part of it was overwritten, and it didn't need to. Be. It was needlessly confusing. And yeah, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say the reason it's confusing is because it's so overwritten, and because we spend so much time talking about who's the Lord of whatever. And so and so is the nephew. Instead of just fucking showing us these relationships, so we can work them out on our own. And actually, who's lord of what isn't as important as who that person is. Exactly. So and that, that's just something, I mean, get this, on with it. Yeah, and it, it's something to be fair. I mean, I, that's a, I'm assuming it's for, it's from the books because you have had all the way through that. Oh, it, it almost it certainly is. To I be mean, fair. The, the characters who know the person who is sitting you know, in a particular seat of power at any given time doesn't fucking matter in this in this show. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's from the book because how many fucking Lords of Winterfell are there? How many Lord uh, no, how many fucking hands to the king are there in this show? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter because we're more interested in following the people and their story. So the fact that you know Theon's not sitting in Winterfell this week, it's you no know, it's it's empty and in ruins, and next week it'll be the it'll be the Boltons. And before that it was the Starks, and before that, fuck knows. But that's not important. But don't call me this... fuck knows big years. <laughs> well, you know, you asked for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those that we we've been so conditioned that it doesn't actually matter. But then you get scenes like this where they they place so much importance on title and rank and status that you think, hang on, am I watching a different fucking show all of a sudden? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so yeah, that 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 is that issue in a nutshell. Is it? And it's been there since season one. It's just yeah. so overwritten, and this scene is no different. But as I say, they were always the fucking same. These small council scenes. That's why I dislike them. Yeah. Uh, but this one is pretty fucking good. And Tyrion dragging that chair, I think, is yes. one of my favourite moments of the show to date. Um, there's so much of his character is encapsulated in that movement. Yeah. Uh, and that's. That's how you write things, folks. We don't have to have a fucking 10-minute diatribe from somebody. Like, his character comes across immediately in that action and the way it is performed. And he sits the blocking of it. As you say, like, he sat so he can directly look his father in the eye. He is not backing down. Yeah. 
you know it's it, great it, it's it's really really good um so yeah i mean moving on from that we we get our first um check back in with with jamie and, and brianne and, yeah. and jamie seems genuinely concerned about brianne which is sweet um and and there's a, there is a grain of truth in it as as i've said many times i i think with jamie there is always a grain of truth oh, you know and that that need for redemption has always been there he fully understands when he's being a prick um, he just doesn't care about it because yeah, it serves his that. purpose. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here he is. He genuinely is concerned about Brienne where he, he's trying to warn her off, you know, and saying, look, just, just go with it. Whatever they're going to do, you just yeah. go with it. Don't don't fight back. Don't fight them. You. Yeah. Um, there's also that's maybe a little bit tasteless, particularly given who's written it uh, and their attitude. But, you know, it, it works in context of the character and, and yeah. what they're trying to say. So. You know that that's a fairly it's a fairly short exchange here, but it sets up much of what's coming later on. And actually, their story throughout this episode is well paced, is well handled, yeah. right up until the final moments, which we'll talk about when we get yeah. there. Um, we get we get Hot Pie deciding to stay. Yeah, uh, I don't think he decided. I think he was more or less sold. He was pretty much yeah, but I mean it again makes sense. We, we've pretty much, aside from him being comic relief, we've pretty much oh, he's done everything course, I mean, we need to do with hot pie. But but the wolf bread is is yeah, it's a lovely touch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. And, and the thing is as well, I mean, I, I say he's, he's comic relief, but he's run his course because Arya has a bigger world to go and explore and, and bigger things to do. Gendry, we know who he is. Obviously, nobody else knows who he is, but we know who he is. So we know that something has got to happen. There needs to be some, there needs to be a reason for him to be in this fucking story, um, which we'll come to in later seasons, I'm sure. But at the moment, he is there as Robert's last surviving illegitimate son. Therefore, he must be important. So they kind of have things to do. They have a destiny for, to fulfill. Whereas Hot Pie, he's done. You know, there's there's not he, really anything he left needs for him to, to do. Stay behind and make pies. Basically. Yeah, he he needs to basically you know find his he's found his place. You know, he's he, he can he can go and live there and and, and to bake bread and make pies and all the rest of it. Um, the one thing I wasn't sure of, um, how do you get this? Really, again, we talked about in the the very first set. I think it was the second episode where Rob's riding. Uh, no, John's going north and Rob's saying goodbye to him. And there's this really awkward sort of um, exchange between them because they don't know how to say goodbye to each other. They're not comfortable in sort of expressing any sort of sentiment. And you get the same thing with Gendry and Hot Pie, where it almost looks like they're going to kiss. And then Gendry punches them in the shoulder and turns around. And it's just so awkward. I thought it was really it was really funny because it was, it is, it was yeah. a nice bit of mirror. I was going to say, that and, it, and it actually works here is the thing. I think, yeah. I think with the boys, it, it, you know, in, in the first episode, it it doesn't feel right because they're, they're brothers. Well, yeah, and, and it doesn't feel like they should be awkward with each other like that. They should be able to hug. Um, but here, you know, even though these these guys have been, you know, on a bit of an adventure together and, and they've, you know, they've been in peril and obviously bonds form very quickly. Yeah. They still they've only known each other for I mean, fuck knows with the time scale in this show. But I guess a couple of weeks, months at most. So, yeah, they're not bosom buddies. They they've just shared some stuff together. So, you know, yeah, the, the punch a, on the arm kind of seems appropriate, but you can also understand how, how they are in that moment of like. What is socially acceptable here? Yeah. Are we are we close enough to hug? Yeah, I don't know. There's an, there's an affinity, but they don't really understand it, and that, no, I think that it's 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 quite nice. It was quite a nice touch, I thought. Um, and then and it's kind of the get... same thing with Arya as well. Like even though there there is no real physical 
contact there like he's he's baked to the bread and stuff but the the two of them sort of saying goodbye it's is very much the two of them not wanting to say goodbye yeah. to each other and not knowing how to do it to the point where you know she kind of she kind of tries to brush it off and ends up sort of inadvertently insulting him by looking at the bread and just pulling a face and going what, what is, is it? it? Which, which yeah. was hilarious. She played that moment perfectly. She did. Um, um, and, and then, you know, when she goes, oh, and this is the tale and, and breaks the tension there, yeah. you know, it's it's very well handled, I think. Yeah. To be it fair. is. Now, the, the bit I wasn't oh, I wasn't convinced by is that she obviously, she, they, no, he's, he's there. She, you know, they get, um, Gendry and Arya get on horses and off they go. And she turns back and shouts to him and says, it's really good. And I don't know whether she's humouring him or whether she whether it's genuinely any good because you, you don't actually see her eating any, any of it. So yes, she could yes. quite well. She's, she's eaten. She's eaten the tail off it. She holds it up. Oh, she's. Eaten, oh, okay. Yeah, she actually I takes, missed that. I, 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 was actually, watching, I was watching on a small screen, so I, was, I didn't see yeah. that. I was actually about to comment how much I like that as an ending to the scene as well. Like the scene I, runs its course perfectly, and they end it perfectly as well to draw that line under their friendship, now, where she's now, she's not. Now that you said that, yeah, yeah. She, now that you said that, makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, I, I can't just leave him. I can't just go without saying goodbye, which they haven't really been able to say. You know, they do eventually get to it with by Harry and by Hot Pie or, or see her, I think is what they say, something like that. Yeah. But you know, she knows that she can't just leave it there she she's got to give him something and so okay. it's, it's it's the look back and like yeah actually this is really good you you're good at this and okay. you know kind of thanks hot pie yeah. um, I'll, I'll i'll take that because that was so that was something that bugged me because i didn't catch it so the, thanks for clearing that up i so said that, that that does make it a lot better um as yeah, a, it as works, a it, this again the scene works very well i think it's well written i think it's well directed shock horror i know um and well performed so another good scene um we get but you know not every scene is up to that caliber we get this no. scene with cat next which is fine it's a good scene she's good in it but it is entirely pointless oh, we absolutely. nothing that we don't already know in fact we are just treading old ground now we like, are i mean again it's, it's introducing um blackfish um so, yeah. so it's giving a bit more information about him but again at this stage who gives a fuck because we don't know who he is and it doesn't you know his 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 moment comes in many many years time and it's 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 only there to set the scene between two other characters so it's not really that you know, he's he's not that vital um but i i got to be honest i did think that cat overacted quite badly in the scene um yeah I, and it, and it's it, it's again it's it's who she's with as we've said many times when she's with another stark she's excellent if you leave her on her own and you give her dodgy dialogue, which happens quite a lot, she does yeah. make a bit of a fist of it. Um, but I mean, I, I think she's fine. I don't think she's terrible in it. I think she's fine. I just think the scene is entire. And bonus. maybe, yeah, and maybe to be honest, she does overact, and I've not even noticed because literally by about the midway point of the scene, I had switched off because well, the whole thing, I, I have I mean, all of this information already. Yeah, the, the whole thing that you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, when, when my father used to go off to battle, I used to, or used to go off and do this, I used to sit in the window every morning and wait for him to come back, and he never came in this and the other. Okay, that's, that's no, that's nice. It doesn't really go anywhere, but okay, no, there's a nice bit of character work there. And then they introduced this thing with Blackfish, whereby he and Cat's father didn't speak for years because he called, kept on calling himself the Blackfish, and it wasn't appropriate or something. And I was like, why do we care? The guy's dead. We're never going to hear a side of it. It doesn't fucking matter. Just cut it out. We don't need it. Yeah, exactly. Totally, totally pointless. And I get the impression that it's in the book somewhere, whether it's here or whether it's elsewhere, where we get his, where we give a backstory about him. I don't know, but I get the impression this is a filler scene. 
Oh, it very much is. Very, very much is. Um, so, look, just fucking ditch it. The The episode will be stronger. I mean, the, the running times for these episodes are all over the place by this point already. Anyway, well, yeah, and some they, are 53, get, some are 57. Yeah, and they get worse as the show goes on, and these guys are allowed to do whatever they want. And, look, I, I say they get worse, but I'm fine with that. If the, if the story's going to take an hour take an hour yeah. but you know what if so it's gonna take it fucking 30 minutes then take 30 fucking minutes yeah like don't fucking drag it out um so yeah that scene's pointless then we get the short scene with the nurse which is you know it's quite nice and again it gives us i guess a bit of insight into how rob is seen from the other side yeah but again entirely fucking pointless the only thing i think it's sort of achieves and i don't know i don't think it's intentional by any means um is that it starts making her starts introducing her as a character in her own right as opposed to her next to rob so you know, the fact that we see we see see her and the way she responds you know the way she deals with it with these kids the way she she treats other people it's not no, it, where we've had it before it's, it's been for show it's all been where rob is there or where other people are there this one she's just doing her job she's patching up a little kid who's been captured um, and, and well, injured and captured, and she's you no, know, she's not afraid to have a bit of a laugh and a joke with them because she no, no. that's that, that's who she is, and we've not really had a chance to see much of that before. And it it's obviously with what, what's going to happen later in this season, it's important that we get to know and like her because I, if we I agree, don't, then yeah. if we don't, it doesn't fucking mean anything. So I think that's that's the only thing I can see that comes out of this scene is we get a bit more time with her as her, and yeah, I think I... that's that's important. I'll take that. I agree. You know, it, it is like I said, the, the scene is nice. And, and I like the fact that we get to see a bit of how Rob is seen from the other camp as well, yeah. you know, and she kind of she kind of confirms that. But again, the scene is pointless. And, and actually, like, yeah, you see a bit of a character in that she's she's kind of having a laugh and a joke with them. And, and to be fair, you know, I, I don't dislike her. I've, I've, yeah. I've said from day one, I, I like her. She's just isn't a character in her own right and doesn't have anything to do. And And even here. When she does get breathing room, she's talking about Rob. Yeah, like she, she spends the whole scene giving us information about Rob, not well, about herself. I mean, we've had that before. I mean, the whole thing of he turns into a wolf and stuff like that. Was it was wasn't that with um with Arya in the last um season as I well, where was, she was yeah. where she was hiding under Tywin's nose. Yeah, I think it was. But yeah. but yeah, you know, she even though like yes, yeah, she's on her own. She's not allowed to be a character in her own right because she, no. she's there purely to give us this information about Rob. So even when she's trying to be a character in her own right, she's nothing without Rob, which is a shame because I'm sure there is something else we could have done. You know, yeah. she could have been, they could have been talking about anything. They didn't have to be talking about Rob. She could have well, shown yeah, compassion the... for him and that would have let us understand it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't more mind about... it, but. I think we learned more about her last week with Kat in that scene than we oh, did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, yeah, there's that. Um, moving on, we get the fucking spiral pattern thing. Yeah. Now, this, like, correct me if I'm wrong now, because, again, I started to lose the plot with this thing. We see it loads over the course of the next five and a yeah. bit seasons. Um, never fucking goes anywhere, though, does it? It's on um, Night King's armor. It's his. It's, it's effectively his yeah, sigil. Yeah, but... But it doesn't mean anything. No. Just, you know, yeah, it's 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 the same as that when we had in the first season where we had all the fucking history lessons and learning what people's sigils were. This is just a, a slightly better way of doing that by showing not telling. Um, but yeah, it never goes anywhere. We never you know, we never find out what it means or what the significance is, other than it's the White Walkers. 
Yeah, I mean, if if the intention is that it's his sigil, his calling card, if you like, hmm. then more needs to be made of that. Yeah, and you need to see it to more see, as well. Yeah, and the characters need to see that and understand it as well, because otherwise, this is just a bunch of fucking heads making a spiral pattern. Yeah. But the thing is, right? Okay, you know, you you can tell they've been arranged, but from the from the angle they're at, where you no, know, they're walking to it and they they're standing directly in the middle of it above him. They can't see what fucking pattern it's making anyway because no. they're too close. It's only when you you go up. Well, I'm assuming it was a drone. It's only when you 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 climb out of it that you can see it. Yeah, pointless, 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 pointless. I'm sure they just thought it looked cool. Yeah, uh, probably. So and yeah. to be fair, it did. No, it, no yeah, seven horses heads making a nice little pattern. I, I quite liked it. No, it was, it's it's atmospheric. It would have been better if they hadn't tried to explain it. Yeah. Um, but then the rest of the scene, once it moves on, and they, you know, they're talking about climbing the wall and all the rest of it, I thought was really good. And again, the whole thing with um, Tormund of if he fucks up, chuck him off. Yeah. I, re- I oh, really liked that stuff. So it was, you know, that that part I quite, I quite enjoyed. And so I, I didn't mind the imagery with with the horses. I just, I said that that whole exchange was a bit fucking naff. Yeah, I've got, I've got nothing against it. Don't be wrong, I'm not. But I, it's just I, I saw it and straight away I was like, okay, so this is the first time we've seen that. Um, I remember seeing it loads, but it's never actually been explained what the fuck it is. So no. did we see it in the very first episode? When did we? Uh, I think possibly when in the pre-credits bit when they found the bodies and then the bodies weren't there later on. I think we might have seen it there. I think they oh, might have okay. been arranged in that way, possibly. Yeah. Although I might be making that up. Maybe, maybe. That seems like it was a long time ago now, even though yeah. it was probably less than a year ago. Um, oh yeah, we haven't been in this show for a year. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so there's that. Um yeah, we get the next scene I have no issue with at all. Um Just and then excellent. we're back back with the night's watch and oh fucking great, it's Craster again. What a f- yeah. What a fucking disgusting old cunt this character is. Yeah. Like, I just, he's thoroughly, thoroughly unpleasant. Um, I don't like spending time with him at all. Um, but I guess we have to. Um, I mean, we don't, I mean, his, his input is like, is, is minimal. I mean, he rags on the, on the crows. He says he's a, he's a decent God fearing man, which everybody's supposed to have a bit of a laugh at because he's clearly not because he's raping his daughters and murdering his children, uh, or murdering his male children. But, you know, we're supposed to know he, he, we're supposed to buy into the fact that he believes what he's saying. He has a bit of a dig at Sam for being fat, which has been done. And no, let's be fair, fat shaming is not cool, kids. Um, but we know that's been done in season one anyway. The whole thing of you know, leaving him behind and eating him and all the rest of it that's been done. So who gives a fuck? All it, you know, it it's, gives, just, it's just it's gives the same to what, yeah, it's the same as the slaver with Daenerys. It's just like, how do we make him come off as a cunt? Let's go for the lowest common denominator and just yeah. go all in. Like, here's all the fucking cards. Like, get yeah. out our fucking big tasteless dick and lob it on the table. Here well, it yeah, is. That's, that's it. And I mean, the only, obviously, the, um, narrative-wise, all it does is moves Sam to a point where he thinks, fuck this, I'm going, which he wouldn't do because he's a disciplined soldier and all the rest of it. No, no he would... He would because of who he is, he would ask permission to leave, but he yeah. doesn't. He just gets up and walks out like a fucking petulant bitch, um, and would have been told to sit down and shut up. I have no doubt whatsoever. But it moves him outside, so he then, you know, we've heard this screaming all the way through, and they've been told to ignore it, keep their eyes off the girls and all the rest of it. He follows his ears and finds Gilly giving birth. This shit is important, but it's yeah. glossed over so much. It is. It is. Um, however. 
just before we get into that, I do like the way it was initially set up. Again, it's nicely seeded with the screaming all the yes. way through the background of Craster's scene. Yes, I like that. I thought that was a good touch. And, and the whole thing of... Yeah, and no attention is drawn to it. It's just there until Sam goes outside and starts following it. I like that. That yeah, slow burn, thought... that seeding, I thought was very well handled. I, I thought that was nice. And I think that the... Um, he he's looking in through through an opening inside the hut. I don't think it's, uh, there's windows there. I think it's just an opening. So he's looking through, and he can he can he can see that somebody's giving birth. Re- eventually, realizes Gilly. She's you no, know, she's right up right at the end of it. She you know she's almost ready to no, it's almost ready to finish. And the look of horror on all the faces when she asks what it is. Yeah. And it so immediately snaps you back to oh fuck yeah he kills all the boys doesn't he? Oh yeah. shit yeah must have been a boy. And that was done really well. And um, I think it was Hannah Murray, isn't it? Um, who that girl who plays um, plays Gilly? Yeah, Hannah Murray. Again, she the the without saying anything, the so the the, the facial re- reactions between her and the, the the other girl who's delivering the baby, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought they did a really good job of conveying the fact that this is the worst fucking thing that could have ever happened. Yeah, no, it's it is a short scene, but actually, I do think it's handled quite well. I mean, I'm a bit. I'm a bit unsure about her reaction, like when she clocks Sam there, his reaction and her reaction. Yeah, that like, wasn't great. I think she'd be a bit more fucking put out than that, don't you? I think so, yeah. Um, but, you know, all in all, I guess it does what it needs to do. Yeah, um, exactly. And as I say, I like, I like the setup. Yeah, it's, yeah. It sets up quite a lot for the next couple of seasons, so that's not... That's it does, it does. But, you know, as if all of that wasn't gruesome enough and as if Craster wasn't fucking bad enough... Yeah. Here he fucking comes. Here's Theon Cantin Greyjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm bored already with Theon. Um, like, just yeah, let's just just get to the fucking to end the of stuff. his story, can we? I, even yeah. the even the stuff like that's where he annoys me the most. Like, can well, we just be done with him? Well, yeah, but I mean, we're at a point now where he's 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 kind of in limbo, and we're supposed to feel. Something I don't know because obviously he's you no, know, he was set up in the first place. He was there, you no know, surrogate brother and all the rest of it. Then he was a cunt who turned on him, and now he's supposed to be a victim again. He's being chased and tortured and all the rest of it. So I, a, I can't keep up, and B, I don't give a fuck. Like just let the cunt die already. Yeah, but I mean, so we get that, and you, know, you get again this you no know, stable boy comes in and quick. You know, you must no nobody no nobody's thinking. How's the stable boy got access, and how did you get him out without being without being spotted? And he, he happens to have two horses ready. Yeah. Some fucker's going to notice that. No, but this but I like we, knowing where it's going. Knowing I where it's going, like that's it. the thing. If because you know where it's going, it's you're looking for it going. Oh yeah, yeah, it's but all it's there. because Watch it's because it. I have that knowledge. You, yeah, we aren't giving it that, here. No, yeah. without that, you're thinking. Hang on, this this all seems a bit too. No, it's a bit too contrived, and obviously, you know, he, he helps him out. He gets gets him out. He gets him to escape, and then he will he will appear later on as well. And it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Because clearly, there's a story here, but we're not being told it, and something something doesn't fit with it because every time he gets him out, they catch him again. But he, he can still get him out, and surely, if, if he's getting him out and they catch him, they've got to know some somebody is getting him out, and no, so. It's like, no, how does he not get found out? And obviously, knowing where it's going, it's blatantly obvious. But without knowing that, it's just really frustrating because some, there's a story that's not being told. And yeah. you wonder what, how you're supposed to engage with that. Now, obviously, again, knowing what we know about the show and having seen it all the way through and all the rest and some of all the stuff we've had about the writing and stuff in the past, is you, it's 
easy to assume that actually they just don't fucking know. Now, yeah, now this is the thing. Here's the problem, okay? Is actually I don't have a problem with this this technique. The the I gotta be careful because of spoilers, just in case you're not. Yeah. But but where it goes, um, I think is is fine, and I think it's it's quite good introducing it in this way for dramatic effect. Um, maybe they could sow a few more seeds for us, but I I, I think on the whole they work it. Um, but but the problem is, yeah, you're absolutely right because they've shown to be so incompetent already. You do just think, are they just making this up? You know, is it just a case that there is this random tertiary character all of a sudden who you know yara has sent to to free theon and who is just so inept that he keeps fucking it up um and that is entirely a possibility in this show isn't it so without having a little bit more foresight okay i'm I'm gonna stop you there actually because i've just read further down the page on on the wiki entry and talks about as i I mentioned it talks about what chapters of what book are used to write the episode or to base the episode on the writers also included original storylines, including Theon's flight. So they fucking made it up. So they did make it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, that kind of says it all, really, didn't it? Then they added a couple of other things as well. So funnily enough, they added um, Podrick being sent to a brothel. Oh, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. yeah. But um, for two, scene with tits. Of course, they wrote it. Uh, of course they did. Of course they did. Um, so yeah, I mean. There's that with Theon. We then come back to, to Stannis, who, I'll be honest, I had fucking totally forgotten existed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just because I know it's only been like two episodes, but the last episode he was in was so fucking poor. What yeah. he did in that episode was entirely fucking boring. Well, yeah, and, he was on the greatest hit store, wasn't it? We haven't yeah, seen him do anything no, in this one. And, and the stuff that we've had since, you know, the stuff with, with Brienne and um and jamie and you know the, the stuff that's been going on in king's landing as well and and the stuff north of the world has all been so much more interesting and, well, and yeah. i'm so much more invested in those stories now than i am in his i, I was I just mean, like what his story was always kind of shit anyway yeah and, and and at this point i'm like oh yeah there's there's stannis as there's well nonsense. um about the best thing to come out of this scene is him getting completely denied oh absolutely, um, yeah your fires burn low, my lord. Um, yeah, if, 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 if ever there was a, there was something you haven't got it, you haven't got it in you to fuck me. You haven't got it in you. Best you go and get some blue pills, pal. Yeah, um, um, yeah, that was that was good. And I mean, we've had it before, and I say it's more subtle here. But again, there's this inference that that's what women are in the show for. They're there to be fucked. And how dare you challenge me on? Well, when I say you're gonna fuck me, you're gonna fuck me. How dare you actually challenge me? And how no, how dare you position yourself in a position of strength over me? That's not allowed, woman. And again, it's just, it's, it, I, I mean, it was one of those that I liked him being shot down, but the whole bit before her where he grabs her arm and he presses himself against her and he's sort of kissing the side of her head and stuff like that, that's, that's just not rotten. That's just not how you treat, how people are treated and people behave unless they're fucking rapists. Well, ball bag and dick face, everybody. Um, there you go. They're um, so going to sue us at some point. You know that, right? Ah, uh, fuck them. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you can sue me. I'm going to fuck anything to take. Yeah, so, what, uh, what are they going to sue me for? Uh, yeah. My my cut price budget microphone I'm recording on? I mean, what? <laughs> um, well, maybe my, my 15-year-old headphones. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, so that's that bit. Um, now, okay, so we're back over to Danny. Um, yeah. Another person whose storyline is really not interesting me very much at the moment, but yeah, from where okay. I know this is going, I, I think I do get interested in Danny's storyline 
it's story lion. <laughs> That's a very special type of lion. Um, yeah. Storyline um, later on in this season. This is where yes. her, her storyline is starts to come into its own. But first and foremost, why, why, why in all the living facts does she decide it's a good idea to give a man who is being crucified clearly for crimes. Now, what they are, we don't know, but clearly for crimes against the fucking state. Why does she decide it is a good idea to ally herself with him and give him water? Now, I, I, I can better that one, right? Why, in the name of Greek fuckery, is she walking around the streets so fucking blazingly and openly when there are people trying to kill her? Yeah. Like magic this... fuckers who can disguise themselves and, and no, make grenades out of balls and shit. Now... People are no. As far last time we saw her, somebody was trying to execute her, and now she's walking through the streets, fuck it, no, flouncing around in her little blue dress and all that. Like, shouldn't you be hiding or running the fuck away? I mean, she, you know, she has her bad boys with her. So... Well, yeah, that's true. The fucking uh, geriatric uh, bodyguards. Yeah, it, it's it, it's like when like, do you remember that episode of Fools and Horses where they dressed up as Batman and Robin? Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's like she's it's got exactly the two like oldest. That. The two oldest, most useless superheroes in the world. <laughs> yeah. Just got it back. I, well, no, Jorah's not useless, you know, but they are, they're over the hill. Like, yeah, let's be honest. And let's be um, fair, again, they, they've gone to, come from a point where they had a Dothraki clan with them, and now there's those two. Yeah. And the, you, the, the, ones who did, the ones who did survive the trip are really sick because they haven't got sea legs. Mind so, you, you know, Jorah has shown himself on more than one occasion to be an absolute ultimate badass so well, i still yeah, wouldn't i still that. wouldn't fuck with him so um, to be fair that the two of them have been pretty fucking handy um yes so seasons, I, I, I think i, I still so. think taking a, a city where you have okay she's trying to buy the unsullied army who are entirely obedient all the rest of, but at the moment they belong to the people you're fucking off yeah totally um, so, and, no, as, as, as good as uh jorah and um salmi are i don't think they're taking an army of eight thousand unsullied no Jorah's fucking good. He ain't that good. Um, yeah. But, you know, we do, we do make, like, they are both fucking... They could definitely handle themselves. Oh, I mean, yeah. As they, I've said about Jorah they could times, he's, he's fucking awesome when he's in a fight. Um, they, they would both go down swinging. But you're yeah. right. I mean, why would you... know? I mean, that, that that's where the Walker Punishment thing comes along, where they're all on the, up on the city walls in the bacon heat being crucified. And so that, that's where it came from. So I, no, I, I, I realised that through watching it. Um, and so, no, it, it, it is entirely on the nose they do tell you exactly what's going on and what it is um and then you're right now these these slaves have been, have been left now have been put out here by their masters so she goes up and goes oh, no, I'll, I'll i want to know people people shouldn't be treated like this but they're not people they're slaves and that's no that's the whole whoa I, you know, this, this is this <laughs> this was the way they were treated and that's the way they were described that's not my personal opinion slaves okay. are people too kids yeah let's just clarify that one yeah slaves <laughs> are people too yeah um, but um, yes, I mean that, that's the that's the way it's no, that's the way it's sort of explained to her is that no, they're not they're not people in the way that you you think they are. They no, they are property and they have besmirched or whatever their masters and they are being punished for it. Um, and again, yeah. she she does this and she blundered into Vastothrak and did it. She blundered into the place last time where I can't even remember the fucking name of it um, with the warlocks and stuff. She blundered in there and started asserting herself and saying, "You can't do this. You can't do that." Well, we fucking can. This is our no. It's you know, it's it's like going into another country and saying, "Well, you can't have your own customs. You have to follow mine." And it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's essentially Christianity, is what it is. Well, yeah. There's no. I didn't like to say, but um, but yeah. It's it's no. It's, it's 
fine. You offend all the black people. I'll offend all the Christians. Between us, cool. we've got everyone. Well, not everybody, but I can't name check the rest of them because I will get in trouble. I'll find something to say about Jews. Um, who does that leave us? Anyway, we're, we're on a mission to offend everyone. <laughs> well, it's, it's been about a week, so no, we have yeah. to try again. Not, not really. Um, <laughs> it just happens organically. We don't try. All views spoken in this podcast are Mark's, not mine. I say them under duress. Um, <laughs> no, well, now I am in trouble. We jest. Um, but but no, like to get back to it, like, in all seriousness, like why the fuck? Why do you walk in, as you say, into someone else's country, pour scorn on their customs, and then just flagrantly piss in the face of them? By giving these people what, like, I understand what we're getting at. We want to show that she's compassionate. Yeah. And I look, I get it, but like, you just you can't do this. This is one of those occasions where I I would accept a line of dialogue or a pitying look, you know, rather than here's some water. Who the fuck does she think she is? She's but, not Jesus. But not only like, that, right? How many people were there up on that wall being crucified? And how much water does she have? But yeah, she gave. A swig to a guy. Yeah. What about the rest of them? If you're yeah. that fucking compassionate, if it's that fucking wrong, and you're that that appalled by it, sort them all out. Yeah. Or you know, maybe just get on your dragon and burn them all, so they're not suffering anymore. Well, yeah, there's that too. Or you know, get Jor and Barristan and start slitting throats. Or your Dothraki, they've got fuck all else to do. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it, that that scene didn't ring true for me. What I did like though was the pissing contest between Barristan and Jorah. I think yes. That was, that yeah, was that great. Was nice. uh, and both of them play it very well. Yeah. Um, then we get a scene with my least favorite character in the entire history of the show. Like even less than Theon. Like I fucking hate this slaver. He is. I, I just detest him. Yeah. So, so, so much. Why yeah. the fuck do we have to throw terms like slut around just for the sake of it? Like well, yeah, that I mean, word, this... that word is an emotive word. It's a nasty word. But it's it's a word that then ceases to mean anything when yeah. you just throw it around with such gay abandon. Uh, well, it's it's it. distasteful. It's horrible. And I say that as somebody who's just joked about the amount we offend people. Like, look, <laughs> we're fully conscious when we're distasteful, as we have just been. We know exactly what we're doing. The problem here is you know damn well that they think this is acceptable. Yeah, this 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 is no. It's not shock and awe. This is just oh, we need to make him a bit of a bastard. So yeah, we'll tell him to say some nasty words. What's the worst thing we can say? Oh, she's a slut because you know, yeah, she's a woman, so she must be a slut. Yeah. Well, don't say something about no. At this point, people will know where no. Her 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 footprint isn't exactly small, and it's getting bigger. The shadow she ca she is casting on this fucking world is quite big. Between the you no know, hordes of people that have been slaughtered because of her or by her. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Dragons growing at an accelerated rate. People will know who the fuck she is. Yes. And yes. it's just like, oh my god, just fucking. Ugh. Yeah. And it's then terrible. I mean, I mean, obviously, no, we we don't know yet. We yet, and from watching ahead, uh, we know that she speaks the language. She she understands every fucking word they're saying. Yeah. So when they're calling her a slut and saying, oh, I'll give her this because you no, know, she got a nice ass and I'll do this, I'll do that. She She hears it. She understands. But she, you no, know, her response is to ignore it and to play the game. Yeah, and that works out quite well. And um, you again, you get this sense where she's um, Jorah and um, 
telling me, so you, you can't, you shouldn't do that, and you don't need to do that. You're being played, you're being manipulated, you're being used. And her response there to people who are, are actually looking out for it or trying to look out for it and acting in her best interest, she th- no, she gets offended, she threatens them. I said, hang on, that's you've got that the wrong way, love. That's no, that's not the way this is supposed to work. Yeah, you don't I threaten do. your ally, you don't threaten your allies and piss on and get you know, get into uh, deals with with your enemies. No, you don't. But I do like that. I think that is a definitive turning point um, for her character. And as much as what we've been shown so far, that's obviously always been there because well, she does it so naturally. But her just turning around and saying, you know, essentially to dress, just dressing them down and saying, look, you're out of fucking line. I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but I am the queen here. You do not disrespect me. That is a huge step forward for her as a character, much in the same way as we have with Rob right back at the start of the episode. This mirrors that quite nicely. It's very much a character that we've seen grow into a leadership role. Um, and and here she really is taking on that role of like, look, quit. You are my advisor. You are not my fucking father. And don't assume that you are essentially is what she's given him just you are out of line pal get back in your fucking box i really really liked that that is the best thing to have come out with this scene i think i mean I, I, I'll, I'll i'll take that i think that the problem for me is uh, i say because they spent they spend so much time in certainly in this season right up until the last episode trying to make her look as though she's no she's not acting in self-interest yes okay she has her her, her no, overall goal again no of, of getting back to the iron throne and restoring her family and all the rest of it so no, i get that she has that but over the next couple of seasons her thing is going to be she's no she's the breaker of change she's the freer of slaves and no, this that, and the other and they're trying to make her out to be motherfucking Teresa. and they it's like they've started that and then they turn her around they, they do that and have her turn in a second and then the next time we see her she'll be fucking nice as pie again and they, it's, again, it's just like they haven't quite got enough of a handle on her as a character to know when to, when to stick and when to twist. I agree. They definitely haven't. And I think that's where much of the complaint came uh, with yeah. the finale. I think that's where a lot of that problem comes in. Whereas actually, you know, if you focus on her, if you really focus on her as a character, everything is there to lead to that. And, and you know, again, it's we've seen it multiple times this show already, but it, it's here as well. Just the, the fury and the rage in her when she dresses these people down. She is so utterly, utterly furious at being disrespected. Um, and it's I, I think it's great. I, I think her response to them is great. Although the one thing that didn't ring true for me at all in this scene is how awfully quick she gave up her babies. See, yeah. She was just like, oh, oh, I tell you what, I've got some dragons. Do you want a dragon? Yeah. Oh, I want the biggest dragon. Right. Fair enough. You can have yeah. the biggest dragon. No problem at all. Uh, like, I'm, I'm sure an episode ago, she would have fucking died for these. Well, yeah, she nearly did. You know, the yeah. whole thing. She, you know, she was, she was trapped in the, uh, in the, in the warlock's tower, and uh, he was gonna, she was gonna be there forever, so they could, have, they could have the dragons and all the rest. But I was like, you just killed fucking people for the, for these dragons, and now you're giving one away. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't like that. So she gives him away, gets herself an army, gets herself Missandra as well. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, my God, for all I'm saying, I like the, the stuff between her and Jorah, like the, ex- the first exchange between her and Missandra then where we get Valamogalis, all men must die. Yes, but we are not men. Oh, oh my God, that is quite possibly the worst line in the show to date. It is. Now, the thing that made me laugh with this is that um, you get Miss Andy sort of, she's behind her, she, there's like a little half smirk, and half of me sort of thinks, yeah, even she, she knows. wasn't expecting that yeah. really fucking cheesy line, or she knows how bad it is. She knows. And, oh, she dear knows. God. It's, yeah. it's, 
fucking dreadful. dreadful. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling, though, that's probably in the text. Yeah, I don't probably. know why. I just think it might be, but oh my god, it's, it's, it's shitty enough to be, to have been taken from the book. I think it's the sort of thing you would probably no. Again, it's you. You get somebody thinking, yeah, that's no, that's really progressive. Nobody's no in this this type of world that people are looking at. People won't expect something like that. People won't expect women to be powerful. So let's have them no, let's have them plotting in something. They would not say in front of men. No, that no. would be too much. But behind the scenes, yeah, we're not men. We're no, we're better and all that. But oh, when the men are around, yeah, we'll be meek and subservient. And, fear no, we'll be my cunt but... is what that is. That is just fear my cunt. I am a mighty woman and I need no man. Oh, but actually, yeah, you can have all of my worldly possessions if you just give me a couple of thousand big strong men. You want to call me a slut as well? Okay, that's fine. I'll smile because I want them from you. Yeah. It just doesn't stack up, does it? Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, the, when, you, when you look at that and you look at the, some of the responses to her development as we get into season seven and eight um people don't sort of see that no, people don't see that side of her and they don't see that i don't know everything she does from the time we probably the time she realizes that if she stops drogo raping her and actually you know, they start having sex she can manipulate him she then realizes that actually everybody she comes into contact with she can manipulate in some way or other whether it's physically or whether it's by you no know, by letting them think they've 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 won up to mentally or they've got something over on her She's it, everything is a manipulation, and when she stops trying to manipulate people, that's when things go fucking wrong. And we'll get it with her at the end of season five, we'll get it in season eight. Things just constantly go wrong because she takes her eye off the ball. And the, the reaction that people had to her in season eight was because people hadn't expected it. But again, you know, this is, you, you see, you know, she's she's you know, she goes into that scene where she's just horribly abused, she smiles and she nods and she agrees to. A completely unreasonable term because she can get something out of it yeah and people really don't fucking like that people choose to ignore it all the way through the show until you get right to the end and it's very difficult to ignore then yeah yeah so yeah but worst line in the show to date i think even i think even worse than play with her ass i don't know um it's close i'm yeah. not quite sure either way speaking but Speaking of play with her ass, though, we're into a scene with Littlefinger and Tyrion, which, you know, we've said it before. When you give Littlefinger the right support and when you give him the right material, he's fantastic. He is absolutely performance of the episode here. Yeah, I talked about Tyrion with the chair earlier, and that owes as much to the writing as the, and the direction as it, as it does to his performance. But Littlefinger is on fire in this scene. It just his his delivery um, and, and the repetition to Tyrion of, yeah. I know... And yeah. then Tyrion tells him, and he says, "Yes, I know. Like, don't you know who I am?" Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he nails the delivery of that so well, and he does it with the shittiest of shitty grins on his face. Yes, he does. Yeah, I, 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 I really liked it. I, I, no, as a again, this first half of the scene was no was was good. It, it moved things along a little bit, and also we'll 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 get to the import of having the ledgers and stuff later on. But then the second half of the scene, which I'm assuming is what they added, um, it's just, again, gratuitous to tits and minch. It's, yeah, let's get some naked ladies on the screen. It's been a good 12 minutes. Uh, yeah, we don't Yeah, we don't need that. I mean, yes, my next note is tits. I mean, of course, there's tits, ball bag and dick face in it. Um, mind you, yes, it's gratuitous, but the slow revelation of the three whores is yeah. fucking hilarious yes it, it, it is um it, no it was funny and it again, was the, the last one perfectly. Uh, 
know, the uh, the acrobatics and whatever else. And that that no, it was played very well. But again, it's entirely pointless. It doesn't move anything along, apart from setting up another gag in a later scene where which, presumably Podrick has a big knob. Yeah, which again, I, I I that is my favorite scene of this episode. Um, that is scene of the episode for me. I think again, it's it's light and fluffy. Mm. It adds nothing except color to the proceedings. Um. But look, if you're going to pad episodes out, I think this is how you do it in a show that is so relentlessly grim. Yes. And it really is like find some humor in your characters. And and to be fair here, it's not just about finding the characters. They've balls out gone for a gag yeah. and they've nailed it. Like one thing this episode shows is that actually if they really go like, yes, they're quite crass, but they do know how to play for laughs. They're crass, no doubt about it. They are crass, but I think, they, that, I know, think that's the problem. They is that have they... the timing down. You know, this this scene, like I said, the revelation of the three of them is is pitched perfectly. The timing is excellent. The gag lands absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really I, good. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. But that's one of the things that bugs me is that they they do when they do these. I say sometimes they don't land, but you know, you, timing wise, they're usually okay, and they they usually pull the gag off. But in a show like this, which is very light on that sort of material, you're always going to be out of your depth. If that's what you want to do, that's what your strength is, go make a fucking comedy. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Don't worry. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think they're better suited to lighter material. Yeah. And had they been doing a sitcom first off, maybe yeah. they'd have maybe they'd have managed to make a decent fist of it. Unfortunately, they didn't. They did Game of Thrones. Um, so, yeah, I... I like that. And and then we get the scene, I think it's more or less immediately after where Pod returns to, to Tyrion yes. and Ron. Yeah. Um and we get the revelation that he's an absolute stud and didn't even have to pay the whores, you know. And yeah. again, the, the revelation of him throwing the bag of money on the table and saying, like, they didn't charge me. Yeah. And just the look on their faces and then Tyrion pouring the wine and saying, Right, we're going to need details. Yeah. Hilarious. The gag was great. The payoff yeah. was better. Love it, love it, love it. That scene between the three of them is mm. excellent. I mean, we've said before, Bron and Tyrion together are always good. But now you throw now that Bron's uh, no, sorry, that Pod's in that mix as well, and he's got something to to sort of add. And especially as he's grown so much as a character well, now, he's somebody I mean, that we've seen come from nowhere, and he's been consistently in episodes. And so here's some colour for him. Yeah. And, and here's but some again, he has to say, nice. he actually says very little. He doesn't have to really get involved because uh, Bron and Tyrion carry him to where they're assuming the conclusion is. I mean, we we don't know why they didn't charge him. I say, I'm, I'm assuming because he's really good. But we, no, we're never told that. And it's just no, the inference is there. And they carry him to a point where you just get some really fucking funny looks from him. Yeah, and, and that's and that's all really you need well. from him. Again, yeah, yeah it's, it. again, playing for those laughs, they nail it. Like if if Pod had said any more or given us as the audience any detail, the gag falls flat. It doesn't yes. work. It, it works because it's it's left hanging. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Loved it. Very very well handled. I know. Yes, like I say, it's fluffy throwaway stuff. But for what it is, I thought it was well written. Well acted, again, well blocked. As I say, the revelation of the, of the three whores as well. Well blocked, well directed. It, yeah. You know, they they are starting to learn. They are starting to learn. And they do have the capability of doing this stuff, which makes it even more annoying when you get things like the smash cut earlier on. But 
I'm not going to dwell on that too much. I'm, I'm saying good things at the moment. I like these two scenes, even with the gratuitous tits. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, because the scene worked well, and, you know, I, I kind of give him a pass on that, especially because if they'd have been fully clothed, I'm sorry, but this just isn't as funny because some of some of the humour comes from Pod's awkwardness with the situation, and he's not as awkward if they're fully clothed. Yeah, like, true. if you're going to go for this gag, you've got to go for it. You've got to oh, yeah. go... I was, I mean, yeah, you've got to go balls out. I knew. You so, were yeah, I know. I, I tried to stop myself, but it's like, no, it's, it's what it is. You've, you've it got did. to go balls out for it. And they did. So you've got to be lewd. So this is probably one of the few places so far in the show that I would say, yeah, the tits are absolutely warranted. I, 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 I support these tits. I am a bra <laughs> for these tits. Yeah, I, I support them. Um, So we get that. Um. Then, I mean, Theon, back to fucking Theon. Like, he's yeah. such a fuck-up. And this is how this reads to me, bear in mind all that we've spoken about earlier on. And yeah. this is why, actually, I, I quite, I do quite enjoy this scene with him um, more than I do most. But it reads to me like he is just such a fuck-up that he can't even escape properly when it's been handed to him on a yes. silver fucking platter. Like, I've cut you free. Here's a horse. Your sister's that way. Go. And he still fucks it up but the thing is right okay yes he's been he's been set free by somebody he doesn't know and he said look right east towards the sunrise your sister is waiting for you there doesn't that smack of fucking trap of course it does so if he says go east go fucking south but this is what i'm saying this is how much of a fuck up theon is he doesn't even make any attempt even if he is going east he doesn't make any attempt to skirt the boundary no no he's right through the middle yeah like he doesn't, he doesn't lead anyone on a merry chase. Like he's just a fuck up, and I quite like that. <laughs> I do, I do quite like that. He is so fucking inept that he can't even escape properly. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a good job that that person that we're doing very well at not naming um, <laughs> was around, isn't it? I'm sure we've probably already said his name in previous. Not today, episodes, not today we haven't. But certainly not today we haven't. So it's a good job he's around to save him. Well, yeah, and again, you get this. I mean, but again, entirely pointless. Um, they, the, the, the pursuing uh, soldiers catch him. They knock him off his horse. He's winded. So, what's the first thing you do when you recapture a prisoner? Oh, I know, we're going to fucking rape you. What? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you're no going to bend the ginger fucker over and rape him? No, he's ginger for a start. You wouldn't. You, you might catch ginger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's another one we can offend: gingers. Um, <laughs> that's that's fine. Just what, yeah, I, I don't get that either. Um, but he's fucking ball bag and dick face. Why should we expect any less? Oh, yeah. Um, the one problem I do have with this scene, and it, it's a fairly minor one in terms of what everything we've just been talking about. Um, there is an arrow shot at point blank range into someone's head. Yep, that is not possible. No, because it wouldn't have time to build it up would, enough momentum no, to pierce. No, it's called a longbow for a reason. Yeah, if you it was have a crossbow, to be at, which is yes. propelled, it would yeah. work. You have to be at distance in order for that arrow to get enough velocity to pierce a skull. Yeah. If you fired it at point blank range, it would probably cut your head and bounce off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that just doesn't work. But okay, I'll give you the rule of cool. Like it is. Well, yeah, it looks good. That's it the thing. Looks, you know. but, it's done. Yeah. It's done for a fact. Yeah. Um. But it it absolutely would not work. In, in real life and let look if if i'm wrong listeners as always let me know 
Uh, my, I'm, my, sure you're right I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this though. Um, but yeah, if you've got if you've got the science to prove me otherwise, I'll I'll listen. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and then we're back to Jamie and Brienne. Um, we're on our we're on our path to the finish here now. Um, Jamie sort of stepping in to save her. Yes. Or, or so we think. Well, no, he is. He's definitely well, he is. He? He did, yeah. yeah. Like, yes, there, there may be another side to that, but he definitely is initially just stepping in to save her here. Yeah. Um, I think is is great. And hmm. especially since he does it so honorably, like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't do anything underhand. You know, he, he talks his way into saving her, basically. You know, yeah. he does it peacefully. It's it's a non-threatening approach. Um, yeah. But. I'd still rather have seen her fuck them all up and save herself, if I'm well, honest. Well, yeah, that's right. That but does I mean, much more for her character. Yeah, but again, it's uh, brought back yeah. a dick face. Yeah, and, but, and the annoying thing is, like, as much as I like Jamie stepping in and as much as I like what that does for his character, yeah, and shows us that side of him, because he genuinely is concerned for her, as we said yeah. earlier on. He's not a complete arsehole, and, you know... He knows ultimately that that Brienne is his best shot of staying alive. Yes. So that's why he's doing what he's doing at the end of the day. So it tells us a lot about his character. But for where this scene goes, we could have got there just as easily had his attempt to save Brienne been unnecessary and she fucked everyone up herself. Yeah. Which I would have much rather seen Selzer as a much stronger character. Yes. Um, and, you know... Again, any excuse to see Brienne fuck people up, basically. Yeah. Just like I was saying with Jorah earlier on, she doesn't do it enough, I don't think, because when she does, she's really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once again, Jamie's sort of proving that his, his charm is just as lethal as his sword, um, or, or so we would be led to believe as he's kind of talking his way around it. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, they just turn on him out of fucking nowhere, mind you. Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, the whole... You had this whole thing uh, last week when they when they captured him in the first place where he says, oh, no, my father's rich, you'll get lots of gold. And he says, oh, enough gold to buy me a new head because that's what will happen if I turn on, on Rob Stark, he'll have my head. So what does Jamie think has happened in that last couple of days that they've been on the road that's going to have changed that? Apart from him making a few, you know, a bit of smooth talking to, say, Brienne. There's no, we've not seen any anything which suggests any sort of softening towards his character. No. And it's just like, I mean, I knew what was going to happen because I've obviously seen it before but even when I watched it the first time I'm thinking this is going to fucking backfire you're going to get your throat cut because this guy doesn't like you and he's nothing like you so why why is why are you trying to appeal to him in the way that you feel somebody would appeal to you and it just seems to be I don't know it just seemed to be pardon the pun a little offhand um and, and this and this is where, as I said, I, met, I like their, their arc in this episode, and we've not seen that much of them. But what we have, you know, is this thing about him warning her and then the start of this scene, trying to save her. And I like all of that, and it's building yeah. nicely. And then it just kind of completely takes this weird left turn. Yeah. And it's, it's I don't have an issue with it. It makes sense that they're doing what they're doing, but it doesn't make sense for Jamie to buy it. No, that's right. Um it's that there's, there's, I mean, there's nothing, yeah, there's, there's nothing to suggest any sort of rapport has been built up. No. But, but he's, you know, apart from the fact that he's convinced the main guy to not let his men rape Brienne, which, okay, that, okay, that's a bit of a victory, but 
I said she probably could have fucked him up anyway. But then to suddenly out of nowhere say, oh yeah, we'll untie you and yeah. come over here some food. It make, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like that, that's as much of, he's as much of a useless prick at escaping as Theon is at this point. Well, yeah. You know. Um, oh, he but, came up with a novel way again, I was handcuffed, I'll give him that. Yes, yeah. Um, I've written here, that knife in the eye, ugh, but I can't even remember where the knife in the eye was now. So. Wow. No, oh yeah, yeah. so yeah, so when um, they trip him up and he's he's on the table where they eventually do his hand, um, and he the the guy is sort of no, he's he's got this fucking machete looking thing, and he's it's in his face and it's sort of round round the underneath his eye and stuff like that. So you know, just basically reasserting that. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, yes. nothing. Knife doesn't actually go in. It's just no. very much the threat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then yeah, very quickly, and I mean very quickly. They lop off his hand with with very little escalation, um, and the episode ends. Yeah. What a fucking odd ending. Yeah. Like I get that it's supposed to be a cliffhanger. Okay, I I get that. Um, but it's it's not as if he's actually in mortal peril. Like it's a big moment for his character. Yes. But yeah. it's not mortal peril to be a cliffhanger. It's just another, as they do so many times in this show, another one of those moments where it's like oh fuck me i didn't see that come in it's just this shock writing for effect yes and it, it just it doesn't fucking work it just think... doesn't work. like yes I, I was shocked i remember the first time i seen it i did go like, oh fucking hell yeah um but it's not like oh i can't wait to see how he gets out of that one then it's like oh fucking hell he hasn't got a hand now but and that, about... that is it you know yeah. I don't, the thing is right okay yes okay they just chopped his hand off i'm they play on it a little bit, whereby obviously you know it's his, it's his, uh, his sword hand, so now he's not he he can't be the no the, he can't be as good as he was in duels and stuff like that. Is there ever a point where him not having a hand is fucking relevant? Not really. I think it's more than nerfing him. Um, but the problem is we've only really seen him handle himself in a fight twice, maybe three times throughout the show oh. now. He's he's he clearly projects an aura of confidence, and I get that he's a you know he's someone to be feared. And when we've seen him fight, he has been very good. But but, but every time we've seen him fight, he's always had backup. He's yes, never. We've, we've it's only, not only like, last week we've seen him fight on his own. Yeah, and he was excellent, right? But it's not like he's been built up to such an extent that like this is what he does. Fighting yeah. is what he does. Like yeah. if this was if this was Bron, for instance. Yeah. Then you'd get it because we have seen Bron fight quite a bit, and he is always excellent. And not you know? only that, he is by his own admission he is a cell sword, and if yes. he hasn't got a hand to use a sword, he can't do his job. Jamie, for Jamie, he will just go and do something else. And I think yes. it's it's one of those. I've, I've been racking my brains all day trying to think. Actually, does him not having a hand ever really disadvantage him in the entire show? And I can't think of a time where it really does. Uh, I don't think it does. What it does do now is is set him on his path to redemption. Yeah, um, because because all of a sudden, yes, he is, he has been handicapped literally, um, and it it leads to introspection for him, especially when he gets back to. Hang on, no spoiler. Um, okay, but it it leads to to some introspection, um, to the point that then where he does cross paths with some other characters again from his past further down the road, um, he's very clearly a, a slightly different person, and they help to write his course even more. Um, so so I get how it's a narrative tool for that and I support it as a narrative tool for that what I don't support is how just like everything else in this show 
and particularly deaths, it's thrown away at the end of an episode. Yeah. With with very little gravitas, as I say, it happens very very quickly. Um, it's it's quite brutal, uh, but of course it is because yeah. it's there just to shock you. Yeah, um, that's, that's it. You know, that's the kind of thing that's better off happening at the end of an act two of an episode, yeah. if you like, then, so that we get to see the fallout slightly before the end of the episode. And then, if anything, have him try and seek vengeance or something to end the episode or find that not having a hand leads him to, you know, maybe being a bit too cocky and find out he's bitten off more than he can chew because he's now handicapped. Yeah. I don't know. But but just the act of cutting off his hand, I don't think is... There's just, just no closure, is there? It's no. you, We've ended halfway through a scene. You know, I constantly bang on about how I want them to start halfway through a scene. Well, here they fucking ended halfway through one. Yeah. And that That's only crazy. fucking works if you go in for a, like, mortal peril cliffhanger. Like, you must tune in next week to see if he survives. Well, of course he fucking survives. They only cut his hand off. They're doing it to torture him. Well, yeah, that's it. So it's hardly a fucking cliffhanger. Um, You know, it would have been more a cliffhanger if they'd ended with him running the knife around his eye. Because at least then we don't know if they're going to kill him or not. Well, yeah, there's there's mortal peril involved there, isn't there? But yeah. then they cut his hand off. Yes, okay, he might bleed to death, but he's probably not going to because he's the goose that lays the fucking gold neck. It's... They're not going to let him bleed out. They'll cauterize it with a, with a really hot sword in about five seconds. I mean, but it's, that'll hurt yeah. like hell, so they're going to get to torture him. And again, it's classic drama. It's tension release, tension release, tension release. And you, they ratchet up the tension. And then if you want a cliffhanger, you leave at the most tense point. What you absolutely don't do is release the tension, which they've done. Yes, it hasn't been a satisfactory conclusion, but they have relieved the tension. His hand has been cut off. The knife machete thing has been used. Yeah. Like... Chekhov's gun is fired. Yeah. The tension is gone. It, oh, it just, yeah, it's such a stupid, stupid way to, to end the scene. Uh, and then, even worse, this is another episode where we get different music yeah. over the end credits, which doesn't suit the no. previous episode at all. Well, yeah, because you get the, um, you, you, know, you, you get his hand being cut off and you get his scream, which carries over the, over the, um, the cuts of black. And then what the fuck was the music? It's yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Oh, it was fucking. And again, like I not no. Once it goes to black, I normally switch it off, but I didn't get to it quick enough this time. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I just fucking... didn't. It just didn't fit at all. I mean, no. I, I I can't see a single episode of this show where that would have fit. To be honest, no, it's completely completely out of step with the tone of the show. Yeah, and I've, I've always wondered like, why why they saw fit in certain episodes to change the closing music. If, you, if that's going to be a thing every week, you have a different track, fine. And sometimes they'll hit and sometimes they'll miss. But to, no, to be so inconsistent with it, it just really fucking bugs me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I, I don't understand it. it just, maybe it's one of their favourite songs. Maybe there's a gag in the lyrics or the song title somewhere. I don't know. There must be some reason for it. Um, well, you say that. <laughs> it is ball bag and dick face, isn't it? Um, so, I, don't know. I don't know. But look, overall, um, yeah, it, it ended. It's not the worst ending this fucking show's had by any stretch of the imagination. No, I mean, you know, and the, and the, the scene itself, you know, and the scene itself wasn't terrible. So, I've, look, I've got to be fair. As an episode, this was thoroughly okay. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, I think that's fair. I think I. I I enjoyed it. I, so I, I set myself up to not enjoy it because of who directed it. So did I. The, the pair of them directed it, but it's only him credited because um, 
Directors Guild of America will only allow one director. One director, yeah. Um, so the two of them did it, but one got credit. So I, I'd imagine later on, if there's one that um, D.B. Weiss directs, it's actually the two of them, but it's just the credit thing. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I, I as, as an episode, I quite liked it. There was enough in there to keep me going. Um, yes, okay, there were some missteps, as we've just spent the last hour and a quarter talking about. But you know, on the whole, it worked quite well. There were some really nice touches, and they they've moved things along a little bit. Certainly, like with with Arya and Gendry. Um, they've you no, know, they've moved them along a little bit. They've done a bit. You no, know, they've they've started sowing what's gonna you know what's gonna befall um, the Stark army over the next sort of five or six weeks. They've started sowing that now as well. They've started. You no, know, they've set Jamie on his on his path. So things are starting to come in, and we haven't really had that this season so far. No, things are now starting to take shape, and we're okay. We're a third of the way in at this point. We're thirty percent in at this point, but. You can now see a bit of a path as to where things are going, and you know, we we see things are happening. Theon Theon's about to have a new arc, so you no, know, he's been he's been the dutiful ser- servant surrogate son. He's been the tyrannical cunt, and now he's on the run, being tortured, etc. So you no, know, they're setting things up to move along. So we are going to start moving away from the main storylines that we've had thus far. And obviously, by the time we get to the end of this season, there's a absolutely major storyline which ends. Um, so they've started picking up other bits just to sort of start teasing now, so they can they can push through. And by the time we get to them, they don't come as a complete surprise. It's not a case of oh fuck, now we've done all of that, now we need to start again. So yeah. I'm, I was quite pleased with that. I think the thing that worked quite well. Um, and yeah, as I was pleasantly surprised that I, I actually enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I, I'd say I enjoyed it as well. Um, it is it's thoroughly mediocre, is what I've written in my notes. But bearing in mind where I where it was starting in my expectation, mm. um, I, I think that's that's actually quite some credit. Um, you know, I, as soon as I saw Ballbag's name, I was like, "All right, this is gonna fucking suck." Uh, yeah. The first scene, I thought fucking sucked. So I was just, I, I was not expecting much at all. But he won me over very quickly. You know, there is there is some really fucking good writing, some really good stage direction, some really good performances. There's some really good stuff in here. It's very funny in places. That I think the humor's really well handled. And actually, it makes you realize how much this show misses humor. Because, again, tension yeah. and release, folks. Like, you don't have to be relentlessly grim. A little laugh every now and again can really help break that tension and unsettle you all the more when you cut back to something else. So, yeah, it's good. As you say, the story or parts of the story anyway move on and take you know, a, a fairly decent stride forward in terms of timeline. Um, yeah, it, it did, did nothing to really psych me up for next week at all um, and hadn't done even before the hand cut in. You know, yeah. it did nothing to psych me up for next week or the season in general, but also it didn't particularly annoy me. Um, it entertained me and more than anything... Look, I'm I'm sorry that this has to be a thing, but more than anything, it is blissfully short compared to some of the other episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about padding, but even with it, this is a short episode and it doesn't outstay its welcome. So, yeah. I it's it's in the top half of the stack for me. It's towards the bottom of the top half of the stack. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think that's fair. But it's by no means a bad episode. I don't think it's, it's thoroughly mediocre. Is absolutely the best way to describe it. I, th- I think that's fine. I mean, when you when you are looking at a show that's in excess of seventy episodes long, um, having a mediocre episode is better than having a piss poor episode. And we've had some of those, and we will have some more of those. So not every week is going to be amazing, 
but as long as it's not bad, you'll be yeah. forgiven for it. It's, it's when you churn out one good episode and then four stinkers, and then one half decent episode and another four stinkers. That's when people switch off. So to have a, have a mediocre episode at this point, I think I'll take that. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so um, I, that's a, I don't think I've got much chance to say on that. Um, if you want to have your uh, get your point across or say anything to us, again, as always, uh, get in touch. You can find us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, uh, and email us through there. Also, there's previous episodes. There are some other shows to listen to as well, so uh, go knock yourselves out. Um, you can find us on Facebook with the Double M Podcast Network. Uh, but until next time... Game over. Game over.